Higgins in the shotgun, three receiver set. Now Blake Wayne in motion in the backfield. He'll fake the handoff and the pitch to Wayne. Higgins looking deep down the middle. He's got him in. It's Wetzel complete at the 45-40. He's now down to the 30. Still on his feet. He jukes a couple of defenders. Still on his feet. 20. And finally wrapped up down at the 15-yard line. And there's the big play the Rams have been waiting for all afternoon. As Wetzel gets open down the middle of his of the field, stays on his feet. And now the Rams have it at the Cornell 15-yard line. First and 10 from the 15, four-receiver set. Higgins will give the handoff to Kuhn. Stays on his feet, evades one defender. He's at the 15-10 near sideline. He's into the end zone. Carlton Kuhn stays on his feet. And he gets into the end zone. The Rams are on the board here in the second half. Higgins out of the shotgun. Empty backfield. Third and 12 from the 23. Here comes the pressure. Higgins stays in the pocket. The pass is complete to Wetzel at the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Ryan Wetzel takes it in. As Ryan Higgins throws his second touchdown pass here in the second half. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Monday Night Quarterback. I am Alex Smith, joined by DJ Sixsmith, as we get you up to speed on everything you need to know about Fordham football. We will talk X's and O's with assistant coach Andrew Briner, who is the quarterbacks and passing game coordinator for the Rams. We will also go inside the huddle with quarterback Ryan Higgins, who is coming off of a great game this uh, past week against Cornell. We will also talk to Ian Williams, uh, the cornerback from this Fordham team, as we talk about the Fordham defense. Uh, we will also look forward to the upcoming battle for the Liberty Cup against Columbia. All that coming up, but first things first, we have to catch up with Fordham head coach Joe Moorhead. How are you today, Coach? Doing great. Great to be back, guys. Now, now, Coach, there's an interesting fact about the Fordham and Cornell matchup because in 2009, John Skelton threw for 420 yards. He set the Fordham single-game record for most passing yards in a game. The previous record was 413. Do you happen to know who held that record? I have a sneaking suspicion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the game? I do. It was against Marist in my senior year. Yep. 413 yards for Joe Moorhead. He now joins us here on Monday Night Quarterback as the head coach of the Fordham Rams. And, and Coach, first things first, one of the big stories that came out of this Cornell game, we saw Michael Niebrick go down towards the end of the first half. It looked like he was he was he had a low a right knee injury. We saw him on the crutches, uh, on crutches on the sideline. What's the status of Michael right now? Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. You know, Michael was doing a great job for us and uh you know, tried to make a defender miss there on that play and uh you know, right now he's got an MRI and we're just waiting to hear back the news from uh from our team doctor, but uh you know, it's it's unfortunate and we'll just have to adapt and go from there. Now, j- just a follow-up question to that. If if he does have to miss uh, any kind of time, does that alter what you guys will do offensively because he's been such a, a great dual threat for you guys? In a small way. You know, uh, as we spoke about before, both Ryan and Michael were capable of running our entire offensive system. You know, based on their skills, there's some, you know, things in the system that, you know, one guy does better than the other guy. So, you know, Ryan's going to you have to shoulder the load and, you know, do some of those things. But there's also other guys we have in our scheme that are capable of doing the things that Michael did. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to pick up the slack. And, Coach, that's certainly what your guys did, especially in the second half. So just look, taking a look back, especially with Ryan Higgins in that second half, how proud of him were you, you know, when he started to air out the offense and really get, got things clicking in the second? I was very proud of Ryan, and he he did an excellent job, and he, you know, showed great poise, showed great leadership, and, uh, you know, was able to lead us, you know, to a, to a great win for, for our program and for the school. And, you know, Ryan has that – you know, senior year urgency that he's that he's playing with, and uh, he's playing with a lot of confidence. And you know, I think uh, you know it's the tip of the iceberg. I think uh, you know great things are in store for him. 
sticking with Ryan Higgins, when Niebrick goes down with the injury late in that first half, do you think that motivated Ryan at all to, to say, you know, I really have to step up in this one? Do you think that had anything to do with his performance in the second half? I, I don't think so because I don't think Ryan's a guy that needs much motivation. I think the things that you saw on the field from Ryan uh, throughout the game were the things that earned him the starting job over Michael in the first place. And, uh, you know, Ryan went out, executed the system, you know, made some big plays in the run game and the pass game. And, you know, I think those are the type of things that, that earned him the starting job and, you know, things that we'll continue to, to look for from him moving forward. And Ryan's job was certainly a lot easier. The way Carlton Coons played in that game, just an unbelievable performance for him. You said it after the Villanova game. You wanted to get more touches for Coons. Just talk about what the philosophy was, what the thinking was. I mean, Coons got the ball over 20 times, goes over 170 yards. How important was he for your win against Cornell? He's hugely important. And, you know, and, and you know, I'm sure Carlton will tell you that, that the credit, you know, for his performance, it goes in large part to the offensive line, the tight ends, and the receivers blocking on the perimeter. And, you know, our our mindset and our identity offensively is to, to establish uh, our physical presence at the line of scrimmage, and we do that through the run game. And, you know, the, the, the run game really, you know, kind of, uh, you know, carried us in the second half along with the pass game. But on that, on that last drive of the game where we went down and, and um, you know, punched it in, I, I told the offensive line on the sideline, I'm not calling a pass play in this in this drive, so we're going to run the ball until we either have to punt or, or we run the clock out and, and put it on their shoulders and, you know, they, they, they want that responsibility, and a good line should want that challenge. And, uh, you know, they accepted it, and we drove it down the field and punched it in. So that was a credit to all those guys and to Carlton. And Carlton was recognized for his performance against Cornell. He was named Patriot League Offensive Player of the Week, 31 carries, 176 yards, two scores. Coach, I think I saw him out there on almost every single play. Did except, he get a break? Except, I mean, he seemed like he was always there. It was really except for when you guys came out in, a, in a, um, an empty backfield, but now with Niebrick going down and possibly missing some time, do you think there will be any more pressure on Carlton to you know take command of this running game? I don't think so. I think Carlton will just continue to do what he's doing. I think he's he's averaging well over 100 yards a game. I think he's in the top 10 or top 15 in the country in rushing yards, and you know that's what we expect from running backs in the system. So Car- Carlton will just continue to do the things he does. Uh, there was one point in the game where he tried to take himself out, and I just pointed back to the huddle, and or not the huddle, I just pointed back to the field and told him to go back on the field. So, you know, we have capable backups, and we have guys that are, you know, able to, to, to share the load with him. But, you know, the type of game he was having and, and the kind of the role and rhythm he was in, you know, I just told him to stay out there, and, you know, he'll, he'll continue to do those things moving forward. Now, Coach, Alex's star of the game was Carlton Kuntz. My star was Brian Wetzel. Just an unbelievable performance, especially with Nick Talbert down to injury. Just describe how important Wetzel was, not only as a deep threat, but as a possession guy, just really helping out Higgins and getting him comfortable in that second half. I think that the, the game that Brian showed was an excellent example of his versatility. I mean, normally he plays the H position, which is our slot, but he's such a student of the game and understands football so well, and Coach White does a great job that, you know, in a pinch he could line up at any four of our receiver positions, Z, H, S, or X, and really he had not played much X, you know, <laughs> at all and you know in one week's time we moved him over and uh, you know our philosophy is next man in and if a guy gets injured or something happens the next man in has to do as good or better of a job as the guy he replaces and uh you know he's a very very valuable member of the team and had had an awesome performance Wetzel was tremendous in that second half now coach take me back to halftime you're trailing seven to six you can only get two field goals on the board in the first half what was the biggest adjustment that your team made at halftime going into the second second half? First off, I think our defense did a great job, you know, keeping them out of the end zone. You know, against a a quarterback like Matthews and an offense like that, you know, you're not going to completely stop them, but you just got to, 
you know, you got to keep the ball in front of you. You got to limit the stop, limit the number of times they get in the end zone because they're going to get the yards. And I thought the defense played lights out in the first half. But really, in the first half, it was a lot of self-inflicted wounds. I don't think there was a drive where we didn't have a penalty, whether it was an illegal formation or some things that kept us behind the chains, and there were some execution issues. But, uh, you know, we just went in. We sit down as a staff at, at halftime, uh, talked about how they were defending us in terms of personnels and formations, and went through our call sheet and picked out the things that we wanted to, to um, you know, run in the second half and, you know, called an aggressive game. And the kids went out and executed, executed it well to their credit. And, Coach, let's continue to talk about that defense because Cornell, obviously, such a high-powered, high-fluting offense. But what you guys did to them, a lot of blitzing we saw. really got the quarterback, Jeff Matthews, uncomfortable. So, really, how important was it to get pressure on him, just maybe a little bit outside of the pocket? And then also a lot of impotence put on the defensive backs, a lot of man coverage we saw from you. You know, that, that's really what, you know, with Coach Blackwell and our defensive staff, they do an unbelievable job that we're going to be a pressure team. And the the whole focus of the week with Matthews was not letting him get comfortable in the pocket. So we wanted to mix up our number of rushers, you know, whether it was rushing three and dropping eight or, or a, a, you know, as you saw, a myriad of blitzes that we brought there. And, you know, we, we have confidence in our guys on the on the back end that they're able to play man-to-man and not just man but press man and disrupt the timing of him because if he gets back there and gets comfortable and he's able to go through his progressions, as you could see, he can be very prolific. So we wanted to do the best we could to make him hold on to the ball, pressure him, and, uh, you know, not, not – give up explosive plays, which I, I think we only gave up five or six of them over 20 yards. Now, I, I want to stick with the defense because when you look at some of the stats from the game, they're a little bit deceiving. Matthews throws for 489 yards, three touchdowns, although one of them did come as, as time expired. But, you know, taking those 489 yards of passing offense into consideration, how do you, what do you, what do you make of your team's performance after that game? Uh, defensively? Yeah, defensively. I, I think they did a great job. If you look at the last two games of, of Cornell's season, uh, from 2011, I believe they scored 61 against Columbia, and, and I don't know how much it was against Penn, 41 or it was 48. 40, it was 110 in their yeah, last two. And, a it, lot was, of and it, was, it was over 1,000 yards of passing. But, you know, the, the, and that was the discussion, that you're, you're not going to shut that team out. So you you needed to get timely stops, create some turnovers, and uh, keep them out of the end zone and limit them to field goals. And we, we had a key fourth down stop, I believe, in the first half. Uh, I think they were 0 for 2 in field goals. So, um you know, we did a good job getting stops when we needed them, and I think that was important. So the, the yardage is the yardage. You don't win games based on yardage. You win it based on points, and we did a good job holding them down to well below their scoring average. And, Coach, you mentioned it before. Achilles Hill has really been penalties this year. We've seen it in all three games. So going forward to Columbia, what do you need to do to really just make sure that these penalties don't become a problem and don't hurt you, especially late in games? Yeah, we just have to continue to we know we show the clips to the team of the plays we were penalized on, and some of them are mental errors and some of them are physical errors. And uh, you know there were there are a few that you could just you know correct by by you know lining up the correct way, and some of them are just you know physical aggressive errors, and you can handle those. I mean, you, there's a pass interference penalty where the guy's going to break the ball up, you know, and that's some part of the game that's going to happen, particularly when they're throwing it 65 times a game. <laughs> But, you know, things like the late hits and some of those things, those are just, you know, penalties that you got to avoid just because it's not smart football. Now, Coach, a lot of alumni on campus because it was homecoming. So after the game, any, any fans come up to you and talk to you after the game? And what was their reaction following that big win? I think, I think everyone was very excited. You know, it was a great, it was a great atmosphere. I believe it was a sellout, 6,081. Uh, and the fans did a great job giving us a home field advantage. And, you know, there were ex-teammates of mine there and guys I went to school with and, you know the, the the support and the and the you know the excitement about you know the homecoming win was was uh, tremendous and you know it was I'm glad we were able to get it done for the school. 
All right, Coach, thanks a lot. Stick around. We're going to bring you back later in the show as we look ahead to Columbia. But first, let's bring in Rams assistant coach Andrew Briner as we talk X's and O's. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Now, Coach, first things first, you are an alumni of Lock Haven University. Hey. So in, in that first week, Fordham yeah. beats up on Lock Haven 55 to nothing. Did you have some mixed emotions after that game? No, not at all. Uh, I'm a proud alum of Lock Haven University, but uh, Fordham's paying the uh, paying the bills right now, and uh, you know I was I was excited for us to start the uh, the new era of Fordham football off uh, the way that that we're capable of. And coach, a great performance by your offense. Always nice when you put some points on the board. Obviously, no Michael Niebrick, but no problem. Ryan Higgins, great. Carlton Kuntz, great. So specifically with the passing game, you guys really opened it up in the second half. So just talk about what your philosophy was there. Sure. Um, you know, we, as we broke the tape down earlier in the week and, uh, you know, made some evaluations from a, a personnel standpoint and a schematic standpoint, uh, we felt that, you know, with what, especially with what Ryan does well, which is throw the football, um, that we could take some shots down the field. And, you know, in the second half, I felt like what Ryan did make those big plays in the past game is what sparked us and, and really got us going. So there were some opportunities there, both from a, a personnel matchup and from a schematic standpoint that, that afforded us the opportunity to throw the ball down the field. And, you know, to, to Ryan's credit and the receiver's credit, they, they cashed in and made the plays. Now, with Michael Niebrick going down, as of right now, we're not sure exactly uh, how much time he could miss. But if he does miss time, do you think that puts any more pressure on the, on the passing game going forward? No, we're, we're going to be balanced every week, uh, no matter who's in the game at quarterback. Uh, we're we're, we're going to try to run the ball effectively. Uh, we feel like that's the, the key ingredient in the winning football games, and then we're going to make explosive plays in the pass game. So, no, I don't think there's any more pressure. Um, you know, with, with Ryan in the game more, you know, we'll, we'll adjust things to his talent level more. Um, but, no, there's no added pressure. We're going to be balanced every week. Now, one of the nice wrinkles we saw was that two-point conversion when Griffin Murphy came in. Was that your idea? Was that a no, Coach Moorhead no, play? No, that, that's a, uh, a coaching staff uh, decision. Total we, effort. We, we did. We, you know, there's sometimes in that staff room uh, things get a little crazy and some ideas <laughs> get thrown around and all of a sudden one of them sticks and, and before you know it, it's a, uh, a two-point play. So that was one of those you know, half-joking around and it turns into a, to a play that Burst gets called. Perfectly. And now, Coach, in my opinion, this team has an absolutely extremely talented group of wide receivers, uh, including Brian Wetzel and other guys, uh, Sam Ajala, too. Does it make it? Does it make your job a lot easier when you have guys like that who you can work with in the passing game? Absolutely. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to spend the last three years of my career as a graduate assistant at, at UConn and being at the 1A level. And the one thing that shocked me the most when I got here was the talent level at the wide receiver position. I mean, these kids are extremely talented. They're, they have good size. They have good speed. They have excellent technique and skills. Uh, Coach White does an absolutely tremendous job with these guys. But, yes, it, you know, when you have receivers like that, when you're getting teams that are going to try to play man coverage on you to be able to, to say, hey, our guy's better than your guy and go after him, that, that's a weapon that every, every offense loves to have. And with Talbert out on Saturday, how nice was it to see Brian Wetzel perform? I mean, he had struggled the first two games, really wasn't a factor in the offense, and just exploded onto the scene against Cornell. You know what? I was the least surprised person in the entire stadium. Brian is a kid that, that is a very smart football player, obviously physically talented, um, but most of anything, he comes to work every single day at practice and just grinds through practice. I was a wide receiver myself, so I know what it's like some days – Receivers might get a little lazy and, and not work as hard as they can. That is not Brian Wetzel. Brian Wetzel works as hard as he can every rep of practice. I know that sound, sounds cliche, but it's the truth. I, I wasn't surprised at all to see Brian do what he did. 
And now we actually do have we have the highlight from uh, one of Brian Wetzel's uh, one of his big plays here. I believe this was early in the second half. So let's take a listen. Higgins in the shotgun, three receiver set. Now Blake Wayne in motion in the backfield. They'll fake the handoff and the pitch to Wayne. Higgins looking deep down the middle. He's got a man. It's Wetzel complete at the 45-40. He's now down to the 30, still on his feet. He jukes a couple of defenders, still on his feet, 20, and finally wrapped up down at the 15-yard line. And there's the big play the Rams have been waiting for all afternoon as Wetzel gets open down the middle of his of the field, stays on his feet. And now the Rams have it at the Cornell 15-yard line. That Fordham passing attack just so important in the second half against Cornell. Now, Coach, you worked with Coach Moorhead at UConn. So does that help you from, you know, because you have such a, a level of familiarity with your head coach, especially coming to a new a new school like Fordham? Absolutely. Uh, I You know, I was fortunate. Coach Moorhead and I actually showed up on the same day at UConn. Uh, coach Edsel hired both of us uh, separately. Uh, and, you know, through a lot of hours together, putting playbooks together and install tapes together, we, you know, we formed a bond and, and obviously stayed close, and he brought me here with him, which I'm extremely grateful for. But, yeah, you know, coming in as on the offensive staff, I was kind of the guy that had the familiarity with the offense. Um, you know, we've been drawing these plays up for three or four <laughs> years together now. So, uh, no, it was definitely an advantage having spent those three years with him. Coach, now let's look forward to Columbia. Had a great passing attack against Cornell. What's the most important thing to make sure you keep things rolling on Saturday? Just continue to uh, to put our players in the best position possible um, with with what we scheme up, uh, and then from there it, it's getting them to understand the the fine details of the pass game. Uh, the pass game is all about details. It, it's spacing and it's timing, and it's, and that's what we'll work on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, and then I got to get. Uh, Ryan, you know, locked in on the new game plan and understand, you know, every week you're going to see coverages that are a little bit different and some plays that we might have ran last week versus Cornell. We'll have those plays in the game plan again, but they're going to read out a little bit differently just so, you know, to get him to understand, you know, what the differences are and progress those those routes quickly and make the correct decision and um, keep the ball in our guys' hands. All right, Andrew Briner, Rams assistant coach and quarterbacks and passing game coordinator. Thank you so much for joining us here on Monday Night Quarterback. Thank you guys very much. Now let's go inside the huddle as we bring in Rams quarterback Ryan Higgins and cornerback Ian Williams. Ian, I want to start with you because that was basically how the Cornell game started. First play scrimmage when they come out on offense, you get your hands in there, you force a fumble. What did you see from your perspective on that play, and how big of a moment was that early in the game? Uh, you know, it, it was just I was just going for the tackle, and, and honestly, it was truly a blessing, you know, and God just blessed me to put my, my shoulder pad or my helmet right where the ball was, and it, it, was, it felt great. It felt real awesome to start the game out like that. And, Ian, it was just all-day passing attacks. So just, just talk about how stressful it was back there. A lot of man coverage, a lot of man press, Coach Moorhead was telling us. So just describe the whole afternoon for you. Stressful, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a word. I'd say it was that the coaches trusted us to – hold our jobs down and you know unfortunately I did give up a big play later on in the game but you know I just love the fact that our coaches trust us with the ability to go one-on-one -on -one with their receivers and they just believe in us to lock them down and I'm sorry that I gave up that big play but you know it's just gonna make you us made a lot of other big run. plays it's okay <laughs> don't worry you got the W that's what matters yes sir now Ryan following the loss to Villanova how important was it to come out and get a win in this game against Cornell get you guys over 500 here early in the season I think it was extremely important. I mean, I know talking to some of the other seniors during the week, one of the big things that we stressed was this was our last homecoming game. You know, so we wanted to come out. We kind of were joking around and saying that we wanted to go out in style a little bit. And I think, you know, 
looking at Cornell's passing attack, you know, we knew that was going to be tough. So we knew as an offense that we were going to have to put some points up on the board. And I think, you know, going in, having a kind of a rough first half, we didn't really play up to our potential. Coming out in the second half, you know, putting up, I think we scored four touchdowns out of five possessions. And especially on that last drive, I mean, Coach Moore had said earlier, you know, he told he told the offensive line that, I mean, we're not passing the ball this drive. We're going to run out the clock or we're going to punt it away and we're going to give the ball back to him. And I think, you know, that was just a great culmination of the game. You know, we put we put kind of the load on the offensive line's back and CJ's back. And, I mean, CJ, CJ stepped up and played huge. I think the offensive line played played extremely well. So, I mean, I'm just happy that we came out, we got a win, we got some momentum going to this rivalry week against Columbia, and we're looking forward to bringing that Liberty Cup back. And, Ryan, what do you think changed in the second half? I mean, like you said, four touchdowns, five possessions, mm-hmm. but really in the first half you guys struggled. So what was such a big difference in the second half that you guys just felt comfortable in the offense? Was it going down the field? Was it opening things up, or was it just a mental thing? Well, I think it was a little bit of both. I mean, I know the first possession, Brian takes the kickoff to the 50-yard line, and, of course, on cue, I throw a horrible interception. <laughs> so, I mean, that that kind of that kind of got me down a little bit. But, of course, as a, as a quarterback, as all my coaches tell me, and they've told me throughout my career, the, the one thing that's most important about a quarterback is you have to have a short memory. So I kind of had to shake that one off. And I think the play that really helped us out was the third and 12 we had where I was kind of scrambling out to the right and I was over by the sideline. I got hit. And I kind of, I mean, it was just like just stroke, stroke of luck. <laughs> I saw I saw Brian coming back to the ball in, in, in the last minute or actually the last second. And, uh, you know, we kind of practice scramble drill, we call it, every single week. We practice where the receivers come back to the ball. And Brian was the was kind of like the deep guy on that play. And he, and he came back to the sideline. I saw him and I was like, we need a big play here. And I kind of just threw it up and you know Brian came down with it I mean he played it he played extremely well so I'm just thankful and really all your receivers played a part uh in this last game against Cornell including Sam Ajala and let's take a listen to your touchdown pass to Sam Ajala out of the shotgun they go play action looking deep Higgins down the middle Ajala's there it's complete at the 15 10 5 touchdown Sam Ajala takes it into the promised land on an absolute laser of a throw by Ryan Higgins and just like that, the Rams now have the lead as Ajala celebrates with his teammates into the end zone with 2.56 to play here in the third quarter. Now, Ryan, you know, through, through the first, you know, two, two and a half games really, playing in a, in a two-quarterback system, we saw a lot of Michael Niebrick, mm-hmm. uh, and then he goes down with the injury. Do, do you think, did you put any more pressure on yourself when, when, when he goes out with that injury at, heading into the second half of that game? I wouldn't say I put pressure on myself. Um... I mean, as a quarterback playing in a in a two quarterback system, I actually played in one in my senior year of high school. So not that I have experience with it, but I guess I am kind of used to it. Um, the thing you have to do is you have to prepare each week. You know that someone that one of us might have gone down. You know I could have been the one that got hurt, and Mike would have to step up. But I mean, I saw that. I saw that he saw that he went down. It's unfortunate, obviously, because he's such a great player. He's such a key key role. He plays such a key role in our offense. You know, with what he with what he brings to the table. So I mean, I kind of. Use the starting experience that I had last year, and even and even the the year before that, towards the end of my sophomore year, where I, I kind of had to just you know calm, calm myself down, you know, say all right, now you know there is going to be no rotation or anything like that. I'm going to have to step up. I'm going to have to carry the load a little bit. And you know, I think everyone you know kind of helped me out. The offensive line helped out. I mean, CJ played amazing, and the wide receivers, you know, they definitely played lights out. So they make my job really easy. 
All right, Ian, let's bring you back in here. You see the offense doing their thing. How nice is that defensively? Have a little bit of a cushion to work with, especially in that second half. Must have made things a little bit easier for you. That's awesome. Our offense is a great offense, and we just look up to Ryan to score them points whenever <laughs> whenever they're on the field, and they, they look at us to stop the, the opposing offense, and we just trust each other, and that's what a team is. Now, Ian, you have 19 tackles on the year through three games. You also have one interception and two forced fumbles. What do you credit with, you know, forcing these three turnovers and playing so well early in this season? You know, I'm I'm going back to God. I'm just giving all my blessings to God. You know, I pray before every game and ask him to help me to make big plays to help the team. And I told him I'd give him all the praise and all the honor and all the glory, so I'm doing that. And, and then I'm talking about the coaches and helping us practice that because we go through fumble drills at practice and everything like that. So... <clears throat> It's just, it's just a blessing. Now, Ian, I love the shirt you have on there. Stay hungry. And that's certainly a motto going forward. So for both of you, the game against Columbia this week, especially for the Liberty Cup, Ian, we'll start with you. What's the most important thing this week in practice, you know, really work things out to get ready for Saturday? Most important thing is just practicing, practicing to be perfect, practicing to get better and better every day. And that's, that's one of my main things, you know. You make a mistake in the game, you practice to make that better, and you make a practice, mistake in practice, practice so it doesn't happen in the game. So I'm just practicing to get better and better. Uh, I mean, kind of like piggybacking off of what Ian said, I think, you know, talking about having a great week of practice, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the foundation that we build upon each week. You know, each week we want to come out, we want to establish great tempo of practice, we want to almost practice perfect. But uh, I think, you know, I think for me, this, I think, over my four years here, we've played teams consistently. In Columbia, I don't think I've ever started a game against Columbia. So my fourth year, my senior year, this will be my first start against them, especially in a week as important as this. So I'm just looking out and going out and trying to play a great game. And, Ryan, when you see Columbia on the schedule, you know, it's it's the battle for the Liberty Cup. It's a, it's a crosstown rivalry. Do, do you get, you know, m- maybe more excited for this game than you do for any other games? I think so. I mean, I think, you know, going back to it, I think this is probably the one game on our schedule – each year that, you know, you, you kind of say, I guess it's been their first game the past couple of years. I think they played us first, so I, I know they kind of get juiced up for the game. So I now, I mean, think that now that that it's not their first game, I think we'll be able to match that intensity and we'll come out. I mean, we're looking to go 3-1. and one. And, I mean, we have, I haven't been 3-1, and one, I don't think, since I, since I started playing here. So I know that's a, huge, that's a huge motivation for us. And I think, you know, I think we're going to come out fired up. I know Coach Moore is going to. Have a great, great pregame speech to kind of get us rolling, and then I think we're going to carry that momentum into this week, into the Saturday. And just to finish things off for both of you guys, two wins now, just one win all of last year, and to go three and one, what would that mean to both of you? I mean, it would mean the world to me, honestly. I mean, going through last year, going through—I mean, it was a rough year. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it, it, it was tough going week in and week out, and not being able to ring the bell and sing the fight song after the game. So I think you know, now that we've done it two times this year, which is you know one more than last year. I mean, it definitely, it definitely feels great, and I know going three and one, taking that, taking that momentum, you know, and carrying it with the rest of the season. I think we can seriously do some damage in, in the Patriot League this year. I totally agree with Higgins. He said it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. A few words, Ian Williams. All right, quarterback Ryan Higgins and cornerback Ian Williams. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks Thank for having you. us. All right, we are now joined again by head coach Joe Moorhead as we look ahead to game number four for the Rams. It's the annual battle for the Liberty Cup this year. It's at Columbia. Coach, I know you always tell me that, you know, you, you take each game equally. Uh, it's one game at a time. But do you treat this game any differently because it's a rivalry game against a, a crosstown team? 
Uh, yeah, every every game's important, and they all share the same sort of significance. But you know, I had a meeting with the Cavs today, and we talked about it. And there is there is a little bit more significance when you when you look at a game that's you know, there's very uh, not a lot of space that separates the two campuses. There's there's a trophy at stake, and uh, you know you know, and we can by winning this game, we can achieve two of our season's goals. Number one, to beat Columbia because that's our, our rivalry, and secure a winning non conference record. So there's a lot at stake at this game, and you know we're going to treat it with. Uh, you know, the type of uh, attention it deserves. And, Coach, you weren't here last year for the game, obviously, but a very interesting game. Uh, your t- Fordham and Columbia going back and forth, a 100-yard pick by Nick Womack. What can we expect from these two teams in the game on Saturday, and what do you think Columbia's biggest strengths are this season? Um, you know, you look at Columbia, and, and they're a very well-coached team. Uh, Coach Mangarian and his staff do a tremendous job. Uh, you know, they, they got a very hard-fought win against Marist where they held them to, I think, single-digit yards rushing, and you know they limited them passing, kept them kept them under ten points. Uh, and you know, they had their their running back um, Garrett had over a hundred yards rushing, and, and the quarterback bracket, I believe he was an All Ivy League guy a few years ago. So they're very well coached, disciplined, uh, play hard. So it's it's going to be a hard fought battle. The Columbia Lions are one and zero, as you said. Ten and they won their first game ten to nine over Maris. And as you mentioned, that rushing attack for the Lions, they rushed it forty five times for one hundred and twenty three yards. So, how important will stopping the run be coming into this one? Will that be your your main theme of the week? Yeah, we go into that every week that, that we want to stop the run and try to make a team one dimensional. So, you know, it'll be a little bit of a uh, a different type of uh, approach as opposed to last week where, you know, we, you basically knew it was going to be pass with a couple runs sprinkled in, but these guys do a good job. I believe Coach Elizondo is the offensive coordinator. They try to balance it up, be 50-50, you know, they're a pro-style attack. And, uh, you know, they, they, they run it well. You know, they have good, talented receivers and tight ends. And, you know, they have the ability to beat you on the ground and through the air. So we got to be sharp with our preparation and our execution. And, Coach, you know, not, not a lot of running from Cornell last week, but the last time you really faced a good running attack was against Villanova. So what have you learned about the defense since then and what's the most important thing to make sure we don't see a repeat performance of what we saw at Villanova? Uh, the, the thing, I mean, we got to make sure as we break the film down and, and we formulate our game plan that we're, we're making calls that, to put our players in a position to be successful. And when we make good calls, we got to make sure that we're gap conscious. We got to make sure that we're fitting the runs right. And when, you know, when we get a hat to the ball, we got to gang tackle and make sure that you know we we. When we get a chance to stop it for a short run or a tackle for loss, we got to make sure it's good. And if one gets out, we can't let it go for an explosion. We got to get the thing on the ground. So I think we just got to continue to operate our system. We played, uh, you know, twelve quarters, and ten of them have been very sound on defense. We let some things get out in the second half against Villanova, and you know, part of that was because the offense, you know, we weren't moving the chains, and they they got a little gas. But it's a team game, complimentary game. So, you know, I'm very confident where we are right now from a from a run stop perspective. Now, Coach, the Columbia defense forced three turnovers in their win against Marist. Uh, as a staff, how much emphasis do you put on not turning the ball over? Because that's something that, that we have seen a little bit of in these first three games. No, it's a huge emphasis. When we talk about the two determining factors of game, usually our, our turnover margin and explosive plays. I mean, we've been very good in uh, creating explosive plays and limiting them uh, through our first three games, but our turnover margin is not very good right now. And, uh, you know, that's something that we've addressed every meeting. It's something we address every practice. And, I told the guys it doesn't get you till it gets you. So we, uh, you know, and talking to Ryan in particular, that you know we've got to do a better job protecting the football, and it's a fine line between taking the aggressiveness out of a quarterback and having him be gun shy. But you know he he understands, and, and Ryan will do a good job. He'll do a good job with it. He understands what we're looking for. So, coach, you've broken down the tape from this past weekend. Going forward with this week of practice, what's the one thing from last week's game that you'd really like the guys to improve upon? 
going into Columbia just to make sure that everything's all sound and checked? Yeah, I think we just really have to stay the course. I mean, our big focus last week was our preparation. We talked about how we practice during the week will dictate how we perform on, on game day. So, you know, we talk about our preparation, our effort, our execution, and our finish. So if we can be sound in those four areas and, uh, you know, come out and, you know, do the things that we've done for the most part the entire season, I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll play a good game on Saturday. All right, Coach, thank you very much for joining us here again on Monday Night Quarterback, and uh, best of luck this week against Columbia. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. And that will do it for this week's edition of Monday Night Quarterback. Thanks to head coach Joe Moorhead, quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator Andrew Briner, as well as quarterback Ryan Higgins and cornerback Ian Williams. Next Monday, another edition of Monday Night Quarterback. We will take a look back at the Columbia game, as well as a look ahead to the matchup with Lehigh. We'll have our X's and O's segment with one of the coaches and inside the huddle with some of the players. Until then, for DJ Sixsmith and engineer producer Julian Atienza, this is Alex Smith. Have a good week, everybody. Monday Night Quarterback is a presentation of WFUV Sports.